Hello and welcome to Celtic Down Under. My name is Laura and I am joined by Liam as we uh, preview the second of the teams in Group G at the FIFA World Cup this year. It is, of course, Serbia. Uh, Liam, you join us with a pretty retro uh, shirt there, which is loosely related to Serbia. Um, what what particular shirt are you sporting there? Uh, this is an old uh, Yugoslavia shirt from the 1980s. So, it, yeah, technically it's... Well, Serbia was part of Yugoslavia at that time, so yeah, I'm a yeah, I'm a, it's the closest it's the closest thing I have to a Serbia shirt, so we're running with it. It's interesting <laughs> that you say that because um, when we were looking at the history of of Croatia at the World Cup as part of our mm. video for them, um, there was no acknowledgement that they were ever part of a country previously. Now that might be um something to do with the politics, but obviously Serbia. Um, their history is seen very much as previously Yugoslavia, according to the World Cup record. Um, yeah. So they are they qualified, or they got to the semi-finals back in 1930. It was their only appearance at the World Cup up mm. until 1950. A fourth place finish uh, at Chile in 1962, and then kind of obviously in various guises as Yugoslavia, then Serbia and Montenegro. And uh, then finally, Serbia, since 2010, uh, they have appeared at m a lot of World Cups, it has to be said, but mm. failing after those first few appearances to get beyond the group stage, uh, save uh, the 1990 uh, quarterfinal appearance that they had. Um, a bit of a strange one, I have to say, um, Liam, because we talked about it with the, the, the Croatia, the Croatia um, video, much of the talent that you could have applied from that Yugoslavia team, you would have thought would have transferred to the Serbia team, but doesn't appear to have done so. Um, are, are they maybe a, a, a slightly lesser sure bet than their counterparts in, in Croatia at this World Cup? Oh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely a weaker team than Croatia, that, that's for sure. Um, apologies to any Serbians watching if you're offended by that, but uh, <laughs> that, that's, that, that's a fact of the matter, unfortunately. Um but the, uh, the the thing about Serbia is that they um the the success of the of the Yugoslavia team at 1990. Uh, if you go forward one year, Red Star Belgrade won the European Cup with yes. largely the same players. So there was a very strong core of players in Serbia at that time, and uh, I think that the the war. And it's very the very sad and tragic consequences of that, which ran for years and years. And uh, well, Denmark ended up winning Euro '92 as a consequence of it as well. Yeah. That was another interesting side effect to it. But um, unfortunately, the infrastructure was completely destroyed in Yugoslavian football. Mm -hmm. And then later on, Serbia. I believe they were still calling themselves Yugoslavia up, up to the '98 World Cup, if I remember right. Um, so according to this, yeah, they were Yugoslavia yeah. even at even after being suspended at ninety four, they were yeah. at the ninety eight World Cup and reached the round of sixteen under the banner of Yugoslavia. They didn't yeah. appear as Serbia and Montenegro until the two thousand and six World Cup, and then by the time the two thousand and ten World Cup rolled around, they had split off into Serbia alone. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, um, but unfortunately, whereas I think Croatia. As a 
as a matter of national pride, they funneled a lot of the, the rebuilding efforts into getting their football structure up and running again because the the idea being that if, if people are watching the football, they're not thinking about the devastation that's around them. Mm. Um, whereas in Serbia, they struggled to get onto that level footing again, unfortunately. Um, and there was obviously ongoing political fallout from the war in terms of like Serbian leaders getting prosecuted and whatever. And basically, Serbia Serbia did not have the clean run, the, the clean slate, if you like, after that war that Croatia had in terms of rebuilding everything from scratch. Yeah, and so, and, ve- and, and so led over into the football, unfortunately. And and so very often in these situations, it is it affects the people most. Uh, of whom it's not their fault that they've ended up in that situation, and that's where the that's where the real sadness comes out of it. As we've said Absolutely. at various points throughout these videos, regardless of what you think of the um, government ruling the nations concerned, um, very often the, the 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 people who are being governed are not the ones to blame for any of the atrocities that are going on there. And we would extend that that to this case, I'm sure. Mm. Um, looking at um, their qualification for the World Cup. They, they topped a reasonably strong group, I have to say. Um, Ireland can appear at World Cups from time to time, so the fact that they've topped a group with them in it, even though Ireland only got two wins, is notable. Yeah. And they obviously topped Portugal with all the talent that they've got, forcing Portugal to go through a playoff to get to the World Cup. Um, they nearly single-handedly ensured we never had to see Cristiano Ronaldo's face at another World Cup, so for that alone they deserve some credit, but um, <laughs> they they managed to get there, obviously, um, with a, a reasonably convincing six wins out of eight matches and two draws with zero losses in that group stage. I, I know some people think that that's not relevant going into a, a World Cup finals, especially when you consider the length of time between finishing that group campaign and then appearing at the World Cup. But surely it's got to count for something that they've got that confidence that they've said, well, we've appeared, we, we, we've beat a team of Portugal's calibre by three points over eight matches. Well, yeah, I mean, as I learned to my cost last night, I made the mistake of dismissing Saudi Arabia, forgetting the fact that they had beaten Japan and Australia recently. Yeah. And then they went out and got that result against Argentina. So Serbia are not to be underestimated, that's for sure. Any yeah. team that can that can come ahead of Portugal is is a side to be to be feared. That that Saudi Arabia result has really knocked you for six, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, it has that, and the fact that Qatar looked like a bloody pub team the other night has just completely blown apart the my ideas of what was going to happen at this World Cup. So I know we might be, we might, might might be asking Jared to delete most of the videos before they get a chance to see them, but we've had fun doing them anyway. Um, looking at Serbia again, I'm going into the rest of this. Um, World Cup. Uh, let's have a look at the squad that they've got. Again, mm. a squad I'm not entirely familiar with, um, but one that does have some recognisable names, it has to be said. Um, they've got <clears throat> Marko Dimitrovic of Sevilla, Vanja Milinkovic-Savic, not that one, um, playing no. in goal for Torino, and Pedra- Pedrag Rakovic of Mallorca. Um, Rakovic and Dimitrovic are the most experienced options between the sticks with um, Milinkovic-Savic also having feared a number of times recently according to this website so 
it's really six and a half a dozen, half a dozen between Rakovic and Dimitrovic who's going to appear um, and mm. not necessarily something that I think we're going to go into too much detail with. So we'll move on to the defence there. They've got um, Stefan Mitrovic of Getafe, Philip Mladenovic of Liga Warsaw, um, Strahina Pavlovic of Strasbourg, Velkovic of Werder Bremen, Irakovic of Belgrade, Babic of Almira, and Milinkovic of Fiorentina. Again, not a, not a huge number of recognisable names there, but they do appear to be playing at a, a decent level. Yeah, yeah, I think in, in, in cases like this where you don't necessarily know the players that well, you can tell a lot by what teams are they playing for. And yeah, the fact that there's only only one player there that's actually based in Serbia kind of tells you that this is a, a team that's very internationally experienced, you know. Yeah, and that's certainly going to stand them in good stead for the tournament. Maybe a few more recognisable names here in the midfield um, for mm. for Serbia. We've got Gudej of um, Sevilla, Philip Kostic of Juventus, Nemanja Maksimovic of Gaddafi, uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic of Lazio. Yes, that is the one. Sasa Lukic of Torino, Andraja Zivikovic of Pauk, uh, Juros Racic of Braga, Ivan Ilic of Verona, Darko Lazovic of Verona and Marko Grujic of Porto. Standout their name name there for me is Sergei Milinkovic Savic has been doing it at the top end of Serie A for a number of years. What type of a player do you do you make him out to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm well documented in my my feelings about Lazio. I don't particular I don't like them as a club, but I do no. like watching him as a player. He is um he's a he's he's. He's one good excuse for watching Lazio, let's put it that way. Absolutely, and I think uh, the less said about Lazio, the better. Um, mm. not, a, not, a, not a club you want to follow with any great vigour, let's put it that way. Um, certainly, uh, the top line for Serbia is where you'll see the most recognisable names. We've got Alexander Mitrovic of Fulham. We've got Luka Jovic, formerly of Real Madrid, now of Fiorentina. Dusan Vlahovic of Juventus, who's come off on the scene uh, relatively recently, but really seems to have mm. exploded onto the scene. Manjana, uh, Nemanja Radonic of uh, Torino and Filip Durisic of Sampdoria and then Dusan Tadic of Ajax. Um, I want to talk a little bit first of all about Dusan Tadic. Again, one of those players who's been so, such a pivotal part and is now obviously captain of that Ajax team that's that's made so many big waves in the, the Champions League in recent years. Mm-hmm. After a, a less than um a less than glorious time at, at Southampton in the Premier League, um, how good a player is Tadic and how how likely do you think he is to maybe produce a few moments of, of magic at the World Cup for Serbia? I think he is as important to Serbia as uh, Zajic is to Morocco, as we talked yep. about previously. You know, another another Ajax uh, graduate, and yep. uh, I think yeah, he's 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 crucial. But the one for me that I'm really interested to see is uh, Mitrovic of Fulham yep. because I'm amazed that he's still playing for a club like Fulham. To me, that is a guy that should be at a Bayern Munich or a Barcelona or something. He's 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 a much better player than Fulham's level, I think, honestly. Do you know he's a he's a player who I think has I, I, I think this happens both for the positive and for the negative for some players. You get some players who end up playing for a variety of clubs 
And I don't know if it's because they've got a good agent or what it is, but they, they seem to get chance after chance after chance at big clubs. One one player that springs to mind is Renato Sanchez of, of Portugal. Mm-hmm. He's got a list as long as his arm of teams that he's played for and that is some of the most glamorous clubs in world football. And yet I don't know that he's necessarily earned those moves at every chance. Whereas Alexander Mitrovic, I don't know what it is. It's something about his face not fitting, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like you say... The danger that he can pose um, merits him being at a much higher level. That being said, he's going to get that opportunity in Qatar. Can he be a goal threat for Serbia at this World Cup, do you think? He's going to have to be if they're going to get second in this group. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I hope so. Um, I, I would love to see. I don't know if, if, if the Serbian formation would allow for it, but I would love to see... Mitrovic, Jovic and Tadic all playing together in an attack. That would be very exciting to watch. That would be about as potent an attack as you'll find in any team in the tournament. And that's what makes the World Cup so amazing is that you can have that in a team like Serbia who many will not fancy to do much at the World Cup and yet could end mm-hmm. up having one of the most star-studded front lines at the tournament. So uh, I would like to see them be brave and do something like that as well. Um, but uh, it remains to be seen whether that will be the case. Speaking of which, um, let's have a look at the the fixtures that they're going to be playing and where they have to be brave. Mm. Uh, Like so many we've talked about before, um, they are going to be opening up against Brazil in one of the least desirable opening matches of any World Cup. You only have to ask us as Scotland fans why we decided to open at France 98 and then give them a goal while we were at it. But we never do things easy. Anyway, um, but opening against Brazil, then obviously a winnable match against Cameroon in the middle section before a reasonably tricky tie against Switzerland. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm actually, the more I'm looking at this group, finding it harder and harder to call. Obviously, Brazil are favourites for first place, but it's really open as to who could take that second place. What are Serbia going to need to do to, to, to guarantee that, do you think? Um, well, assuming that they're that they're going to lose to Brazil in the opening game, because that that is in essence the the original free hit. They can go out there and just give it their best and see what happens. But yeah. I don't see them causing Brazil too many problems. Um, they need to win that game against Cameroon. Yeah. Because um, Cameroon could well beat Switzerland. Yeah. Um, and if Cameroon gets six points and then Serbia are on zero, Serbia are out. Yeah. So they need to, on one hand, playing Brazil first gets the difficult game out the way, and they, they're they're, they're going to think, well, we we have to focus on winning the other two then. But on the other hand, if Brazil come out and want to put down a marker and take four or five off them, that could really damage their morale going into a tricky game against Cameroon, where they will be the favourites, but Cameroon are a dangerous side who could cause them some issues. Absolutely, they could, and, and we'll get into Cameroon in their um, preview video uh, later on in this series. Um, I think that's has covered everything that we, we can with Serbia as far as, 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 as what we can expect from them. But just to close out, um, we've talked about, and this might be unfair to do considering we've not covered Cameroon or, or Switzerland as yet, but... Mm. Are Serbia the team to take second place for you in this group or do you think it's going to go to somebody else? Ultimately, I think it will be Serbia. But 
I would not be surprised if it was either of the other two. And I realise that's a very non-committal answer, but I, I think taking Brazil out the equation, this is one of the most difficult groups to call. Yeah, no, I, I would I would agree. I think it's probably about as even across the board as you can find, um, certainly for that second place of all the groups that we've 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 reviewed so far and we obviously only have one to go after this one so um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes but um, it remains to be seen certainly we will be tuning in for all of those games and don't forget you can uh, go back and watch all of our previews for all of the teams at the 2022 World Cup here on Celtic Down Under we hope you're enjoying the series as much as we're enjoying making it and we'll join you again uh, in the next video for our review of Switzerland as we look to close out the reviews of Group G. Liam, thank you very much for joining me and I will thank see you. you in the next one. See you then.